0: Hi, this is Ian with Voice of Addiction, and you're listening to Radio 1 Chicago.
1: Hey, everyone. You're listening to Alex on Radio 1 Chicago. Uh, so with me in studio right now is frontman Ian Tomley of Voice of Addiction, a politically charged and socially conscious Chicago-based punk rock group. Uh, so that song we heard was Rust Belt. Yep. Right. Awesome. Well, welcome to the studio. Welcome back. I, I know you were saying earlier during the break that you've, you've been here a couple times. Yeah, before. thanks
0: for having me again. You guys have always been really good to Voice of Addiction.
1: Nice. Yeah, well, welcome. We're uh, super excited to talk about, you know, who you guys are and upcoming projects and, you know, your latest album that was just released, Uh, but we'll dive a little bit more into that later. Um, but just learn a little bit about you. Uh, I'm, you know, I wasn't here when you came to radio One the first time. So I'm like, I'm, I'm brand new to this. So, um, so how long have you been with, uh, voice of addiction?
0: Well, uh, I pretty much started, uh, voice of addiction when I moved to Chicago, which was in the summer of 2002. Um, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I spent my first 21 years there. And, uh, Yeah, just kind of started by chance, a bunch of musicians living in a house, everybody going to college, started playing music together, Mm -hmm. eventually evolved into this. Um, I I initially moved to Chicago for college, I went to Columbia, both my bachelors are from there, and... um, yeah, we just kind of 2004, our first full length came out, and we mm-hmm. so once we got a little bit later in the 2000s got a little bit more serious, and here we are over ten years later with six albums, doing over 1,200 shows, and I'm still going at it. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I just can't quit. <laughs> I guess that's my addiction.
2: That's, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like looking at your, you know, just kind of like your bio, and you've played, you know, is just like very impressive, like stats kind of. Th- you know, it's like you have, you know, over six thousand, you know, copies released and you know self released, right? Um, and then like over 1200 shows, you know, across and uh, are you touring then? I'm assuming. Yeah. you guys There's no way, there's no way to
0: do that without touring. Like people (laughs) are like, so in 2016, we did 160 shows and people are like, that's completely insane. But you put like three national tours together, you're almost there. It it really adds up quick Mm because when you're, you're not going out on the road, you're just playing on the weekends, like Fridays and Saturdays, there's only what? 104 of those options in a year. So once you do it through the weeks, so you have seven shows in a week, it, it really starts to add up. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's my absolute – I love recording and everything else, and I'm very proud of the new full-length we just put out, The Lost Art of Empathy. But playing live is, is my, main, my main thing. That's what really gets me. And if I don't play shows for a while without having that output – Like, I I notice I get a little more depressed and everything. Like, I need that outlet, you know. It's like, it keeps me out of therapy (laughs) and everything else. It keeps
1: you sane, yeah. Right. like, you know, if you don't do it after a while, you're like, all right, it's too quiet.
0: (laughs) Well, well, I mean, I I hate to, you know, beat a dead horse, but it's a pretty depressing world we live in right now with everything that's going on, the political climate and everything else. So, like, when I go on tour, when I come back, it's super humbling because you rely on the generosity of strangers so much for a successful tour and just people that you've never met before come up. You have a great conversation. Maybe you only meet somebody for a quick minute, but there was, like, just a great human interaction. And that's part of it, too, the human mm-hmm. interactions. So much is through, you know, screens, Internet, phones, and whatnot these yeah. days. That Like, being out in the road, you have no choice. You're right there with, <laughs> with people, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very humbling experience. And that's my favorite part about it is it restores my faith in humanity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, and, you know, I think that's, you know, to the larger extent like that's what music does for a lot of people so i think you know it's it's fantastic theater. i hope so yeah, so, yeah it's, a,
0: it's basically a very selfish endeavor is what I'm
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so where did you settle in then um when you first moved to chicago you know you, you said you went to columbia so did you stay like kind of like in the loop area did you kind of venture out around you know the different types of neighborhoods um
0: i've lived a bunch of different places i never lived downtown um as, as you know there isn't really like a campus yeah. For Columbia, I don't think there really is. Is there really a campus for Loyola?
1: Uh, there. Yeah, Loyola has this one in the loop, and then I think they have another one. Like, for, like, yeah, up, way up north. Yeah, like way up north. But
0: yeah, there's no like centralized area mm-hmm. of Columbia. It's scattered throughout the city. So they do have dorms, but yeah, I never lived in any of those. I first moved here, it was like Armitage and Humboldt, so out in Logan Square oh, was, yeah. was where mm-hmm. I first moved. And I live in Wicker Park now, but I've lived in a few different areas, all kind of in that general close west-northwest area. You know neighborhoods just outside of downtown
1: mm-hmm. and then like moving here um you know i'm sure you found like all those neighborhoods have really like big venues like music venues um mm-hmm. did you find like playing those you know more and more like around the weekends or you're like all right i need to like expand this and go like more national um in terms of like touring and playing at other venues
0: um i'm not sure if i understand what you mean So, like, when I moved here, there's so many venues on Fullerton now and Logan Square. It wasn't like that when I moved here.
1: Oh, gotcha. Like, Mm -hmm. when I moved
0: here, everything west to western was pretty much in Spanish. Mm -hmm. It it Mm -hmm. wasn't trendy and hipster (laughs) like it is now. Yeah. And this was only in the beginning of 2000. So, you know, people I know who actually grew up here tell me stories about before that. And, you know, just like anything, gentrification and everything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, even where I live now, Wicker Park is a completely different neighborhood than it was six, seven years ago and ten years before that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just like playing and uh, there's only so much you can play, you know, local without, you you know, overplaying yourself and people getting burned out. You know, I don't want to play Chicago every week or every other week. I want to make sure it's an event, you know. Mm-hmm. So once you want to start playing out all the time, you, you kind of have to venture out or – you know, you're just going to wear yourself thin. People, it doesn't matter how good of a band you are. Nobody wants to see you every single week for the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're Like, I need to mix it up. I need, right. you know. <laughs> well,
0: you got to make it so it's not just a show. So it's an event. So there's something that's different about this one than the last one you did.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: not just the different bands you're with, but little, little gimmicks and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, it helps. You got to do something to set yourself aside from the pack.
1: Mm-hmm. And how, how have how have you like kind of like set it apart? You know, when you first moved here and you started playing shows around Chicago, and you realized that you need to like expand more. How did you kind of like change, you know, the event?
0: Oh, I've done all types of stuff. I also do a lot of booking around town. I have a, a booking company called Wrecking Ball Production, mm-hmm. so which kind of handles uh, all of Voice of Addictions booking as well as anything that I'm not playing. It's kind of like a catch all or what have you. <laughs> yeah. So like, all right, our our next show in the city is on Friday, February second at Liars Club. It's a benefit for refuse fascism. So we are actually going to buy a uh, Trump pinata and stuff it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a great. <laughs> You're like, whoops, <laughs> it's all good. No
0: worries. But, you we'll know, cough...
1: we'll put the cough button on that one.
0: <laughs> but I mean, we're, especially being local, we're, we yeah. always try to do stuff with benefits. So uh, I just did uh, Punk's which is my fifth year of doing that, where all proceeds go to the Greater Chicago Food Depository. <laughs> so we're always trying to do things to get back when we can locally because once we're out of town we, we can't afford to do that. Everything counts. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you, yeah, you do got it. expenses. We're not we're not going home to sleep in our own beds at the end of the night, you know?
1: <laughs> gotcha. Uh, well, let's definitely take uh, a dive into another track of the latest album that you put out, which was uh, released in this summer, right? The yeah, mid
0: July. It's called mm-hmm. The Lost Art of Empathy.
1: The Lost Art of Empathy. And the second track was called Do You Remember at the Top of Your Head? <laughs> like, we'll play the uh, second track. I think track. it's
0: Dead by Dawn.
1: Dead by Dawn, sweet, let's check it out. So I'm Alex and and we're talking with Ian from Voice of Addiction. Uh, Stick around, we have more right here on Radio One Chicago. It's 6.50 here and you're listening to Alex on Radio 1 Chicago. That was Dead by Dawn by Voice of Addiction uh, with me in studio um, Ian from the group. Uh, So tell us a little bit more about the development of this album. Uh, It came out this uh, past summer. Um, How long uh, did it take you to kind of, you know, produce it and put it out?
0: Quite a long time. So uh, we did all the tracking and everything within a two-week period, every, every day, wow. 12 hours a day. Um, so that was actually done in December of last year. Okay. So we, we finished, actually the last day was Christmas Eve, and then I think right after New Year's we had two more days just to finish mixing and whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I, I've always tried to do projects in a close amount of time like that, to try to just encompass the whole thing and make it. Like cohesive in a way, okay. Because once you start like putting studio dates out there and spacing them out, I I don't know. You can forget where your mind was at and everything else. I like to be like one clear, concise thought is what is what I try to go for. And I'm also a big believer in like if you can't play it correctly within three takes recording it, you probably shouldn't be playing these songs live either. Oh wow. Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, I did it uh, at Bomb Shelter uh, Studios with Dan Precision, and it was basically me and him for those two weeks, 12 hours a day doing this together for the most part. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy with how it turned out, but a lot goes into it behind the scenes, as any musician will tell you, that you don't really think about till, yeah. till after the fact. So <laughs> once we got everything in order and everything else and we wanted to have a tour to promote it because there was some lineup changes and whatnot, it ended up being July, mid-July, that it actually was released. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, the vinyl still isn't out. That's coming out this spring.
1: Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah, I heard a lot, you know, like a lot of uh, artists who come in, um, you know, they're definitely moving away. Not moving away, but, you know, in addition to, like, the digital releases and, you know, the physical copies, they're also adding, like, that level of, like, vinyl um, to it. Was that, you know, a conscious decision or was it more of, oh, like... Oh, yes, a- for sure. Yeah.
0: I- on a personal level, I'm a very big vinyl fan, always have been. Mm-hmm. Um I growing up, the main format that was around was cassette tapes. Yeah, but honestly, looking back in hindsight, that's a very lossy format, Um, and (laughs) literally anything in the world will damage a cassette tape. You can breathe on it, and it won't. It'll (laughs) warble. Yeah. Um, But CDs were a great format, you know. But now that you can have. Thousands of songs on a little iPad, like Mm -hmm. nobody really cares about CDs, even though the format's that much better. But, um, and then from a business standpoint, vinyl (laughs) is like very popular. Yeah. And I've also noticed that people will buy our vinyls that maybe don't even have a record player. So uh, the trick is, is you want to include a digital download with your vinyl. So people will pretty much keep it as kind of like artwork or yeah. something like that mm-hmm. and they exactly. they might only listen to the vinyl every once in a while or maybe not at all but then the digital downloads what they actually listen to yeah so i've been seeing a big trend of that happening too it's become more of like a collector's type of item yeah. than anything else
1: yeah i feel like you know a lot of people have them framed up you know in, the, mm-hmm. in their space or kind of like leave them you know in their offices decoration. you know what i mean like kind of like just have it to displayed. and um yeah i'm like looking at the artwork right now and it's very like it's it's very bright. It's very bold and bright. Um, who does the artwork for It's for been different
0: people throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually held a contest for the album art oh, nice. for this. Oh, Yeah. And I just had people send in rough sketch ideas of it. I didn't expect them to put much time into it. And I think we had almost 700 people submit. And, wow. And uh, uh, this kid, Seth, from Ireland, actually did this. And uh, he's going to be designing our tour poster for our tour in uh, May and June as well.
1: Oh, cool. That's neat. I yeah, can't wait just to get like, it. He did a great yeah. job on that. I thought yeah. he was really good. Yeah, I was like staring at it, and I was like, "This is very complex, very bold." Um, You know, even the color choices are very bold. Um, Yeah, and I think it's like a really good, um, just kind of like visual representation of like the album.
2: Yeah, Um, it it fits the name extremely well. (laughs) Like
1: the lost art of empathy, you're just like, "Wow!" Like everything just kind of like grabs you. That kind of describes how
0: I feel about everything right now.
1: (laughs) 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 And then, um, you know, you were talking about how you know you wanted this. album to you know kind of be like a cohesive mm-hmm. um, piece um, was there like a story that you wanted your you know listeners just to kind of take away from it or you know was it anything you know or was it just to you know put out this music that you've been working on um,
0: yes there isn't like a necessarily running theme throughout all the songs although the catch all the lost art of empathy does pertain to everything mm-hmm. in my opinion while that wasn't necessarily a conscious decision as I was doing it they were all written around the same time and the same influences in my life and the political climate and everything else. It all happened around the same time. So it does all glue together. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I didn't go out with the initial intent of doing it that way. It just kind of happened that way. (laughs) It just
1: worked out like that. In hindsight, it's
0: like I knew some things I shouldn't have known, you know? Like (laughs) all these songs were written well before Trump and everything else. Yeah.
1: And it just kind of worked. Yeah, it 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 worked almost too
0: well. It's (laughs) kind of scary.
1: (laughs) You'd be like, what do you know that none of us knew at the time? <laughs> like, That's great. And then you also have, you know, in addition to this latest release, you also have, um, was it six other albums? Uh, yes, prior this to the is the sixth, the sixth official sixth. release. Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, so I, I was really excited to get it out. We hadn't done a full length in a few years, so mm-hmm. we were well overdue. And uh, we spent uh, last summer touring the South and Southeast, and now we're gearing up to do the West Coast. We're going to do over a month in the West in May and June, which I'm really excited about. So I'm in the middle of booking all that right now, which is fun. As much work as booking is, it's fun because then you get to play those shows. (laughs) So it's like, you know, the carrot in front of the donkey or whatever.
1: (laughs) And do you book them? um, Yes. Kind of like in like sections and you're doing the West Coast now and then you did, you know, South, you know, or do you kind of just like go cross country and just play wherever you can play?
0: Well, the way I see it to hit uh, pretty much everything in this country Um, and Eastern Canada in a year, there's three major tours. Mm -hmm. So there's a West Coast, which we'll take the northern border all the way to Seattle. Um, This year we're hitting Vancouver, too. Nice. Then all the way down the coast to San Diego this year we're hitting Tijuana, too. And then we'll take that over to, uh, like, Albuquerque and El Paso up to Colorado and back. Then the second one would be the South (laughs) and Southeast, which is basically Chicago to Texas to Florida and back. Um, Take, like, North Carolina back. And then the last one would (laughs) be Canada and the East Coast, which is Detroit all the way out to Montreal and Quebec City, then down to Maine and down to D.C. and back. Jeez. So <laughs> if you can handle those three tours, which are about a month each, yeah. you can hit almost the whole country in you know, three tours.
1: That's crazy. So, Yeah, that is nuts. That's Indeed. the goal. We'll only
0: get two of those in this year. So we have the West Coast <laughs> in yeah. May and June. And then the end of September and October, we'll be doing the Canada and East Coast. Nice. Trying to leave my summer open for festivals and whatnot this year.
1: Yeah. Do you hit a lot of them in Chicago or do you kind of travel oh, yeah. for festivals? There's
0: a ton everywhere, literally. And mm-hmm. that's the problem is everybody tours in the summer. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to get away from this year. That's why I'm trying to do it right before and right after. So yeah. So you still get some of the good weather. But, yeah. you know, you're not fighting 20 other bands for the best venues on the same date and Mm-hmm. And then all the best local bands you want to get have their own things going on because yeah. it's summer. So I'm I'm trying to steer away from that a little bit if I can this year. And, you know, trial by error. We'll see which one worked out better at the end of the year, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I was <laughs> like,
1: have you done that before? Where you kind of, like, left the summer for yourself to kind of, like, you know, see bands and, like, you know, book bands if that's right. the case. Um, and then do your thing, like, afterwards? Or was this, was this the first time you were doing that? Or uh, Completely
0: or? avoiding a tour in the summer, yes. Yeah. Usually... <laughs> Somebody's in school or something else and that's the time they can do it. That's why everybody tours in the that's summer. What, yeah. You know?
1: Because everyone has that time. Mm-hmm.
0: Um so yeah, I don't think I've really had the option to be able to do this before. And um I do not want to tour the south in the summer again. Every time I, bet. I, yeah, I was like every time I sound. do it, I end up in the summer and, and <laughs> it's not just the heat in Texas and whatnot, yeah. but it's hurricane season in Florida. Yeah. And that, you know, when it's torrential downpours all day, that goes into play and yeah. that affects your shows. <laughs>
1: It's like no one wants to go out during that time. So like, like last last
0: day. time we were out west, uh, we got the remnants of Typhoon Songda. So uh, like Seattle all the way down to Portland, Jeez. like five days, it did not stop pouring rain. And I'm talking about rain that can't even rain that hard here in Chicago. Oh my like gosh. a whole different type of rain. Yeah. And of course that affects your shows. And it's like, geez, we can't win.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I I just can't. <laughs> Nice. Well, tell um, all of our listeners um, where they can hear your music and find you next. Um, I know you're talking about the tour, but yeah, any other... As far as
0: locally in Chicago, uh, February 2nd at Liars Club for uh, the benefit for Refused Fashion is our next show. Uh, We're very easy to find online. Voiceofaddiction.com is the main website. We're on all the usual Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that. Super easy to find. Bandcamp, etc., And, yeah, we look forward to seeing you out at the show, hopefully.
1: Yeah. Um, All right. Well, before we get to the last song, I think we said that it was called Corporate Pariah. But we're going (laughs) to. Corporate Pariah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much, Ian, for coming in. Thanks Um, for having me. Yeah, we were very excited to, you know, play Rust Belt on our mailbag and share it out so definitely keep us posted within a. for sure you guys show. have always
0: supported us I appreciate it
1: yeah for sure um, well thanks for coming in don't forget to visit us on our website Radio 1 Chicago for our all Chicago everything this is Corporate Priya by Voice of Addiction I missed
2: you late last night and I wasn't breathing but can believe him Ain't no reason oh it makes a day.